When it comes to EVE Online, every player wants to know the most effective tactic available. You want to know the meta. The meta controls everything. It determines what will and will not happen. Knowing the meta will alter your views, make you question your reality. It might even make you laugh. And now, you're part of it. You're watching The Meta Show. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to The Meta Show. You are back with us once again for Briskin and Matani, the two most trusted names in Smug in <laughs> all of New Eden. Today is November the 21st, 2020. This is our show. We've got a lot of news for you guys today. Uh, it's been a crazy week in Eve. Lots of stuff happening. We've got tournaments. We've got fun things happening in the war. We've got an MER. We've got balance changes. We've got all kinds of stuff. So I just, I'm looking forward. This is going to be a fun show. And we've got all of our fans are already here. We're almost at a thousand people. And it's in the Jesus first 10 Christ. seconds I, of the show. I, I have to refresh. Thanks, like the, the, the challenge will be to keep myself restrained from trolling chat the entire time. We're going black and red. It's sort of like a, you know, I'm it's not really sure which, which way the smug is going to flow. We'll, we'll have to see where things go. But we do have a lot of news, and there is a lot of war news. So if you are tuning in because you are part of Paspi and you are looking for our reactions, because we haven't done our fireside yet, because there was a big op in 1DQ and next door in T5 uh, earlier, uh, you're in luck. I will, I will find a way uh, to be as obnoxious as possible. Uh, never fear. Um, but yeah, no, we have, uh, when we were planning our show for this week, uh, we were looking into it and we we're like, okay, well, we have the T5ZI thing, which we're going to talk about. That'll probably be, uh, we have tests announcing that they're going to be abandoning Esoteria, not really fighting for it and moving to Delve. Uh, we have a bunch of iHub trading back and forth. Uh, if you uh, zoom out and you look at what's happened in the war this week, it is basically like, well, we lost iHubs, then they lost iHubs, then we lost iHubs, then they lost iHubs, uh, and there's a new Keepstar. So that is like the war news, but we are going to uh, do that. Uh, and then we're basically going to be going through a traditional show because we also have MER stuff to go through and we have uh, a little bit of what the hell is CCB doing uh, type stuff to talk about later on the show. So that is, that's how we're, how we're going to do it. To start, though, it's my soapbox time. And for my soapbox this week, what I wanted to do was I wanted to do a shout out and a thank you to the folks at EVENT. If you guys have not been watching the Alliance Open, and I say Alliance Open, it's because, guys, this is the, this is the tournament. This is the Alliance tournament. I don't care what CCP says. I don't care what anybody else says. EVENT is running what feels to me like the Alliance tournament. It's what it is. They are doing a great job. They're providing cool commentary, good commentary. I see my buddies. I see Ithaca out there. I see, I see Suetonia. I see Elise. I see, I see Mez. I see all these guys <laughs> out there, all these gals out there doing what they got to do, having fun, doing good commentary, putting on a good show. Thousands of people are watching. They, they might as well just say, look, this is the Alliance tournament now. Let EVENT do it from now on because they are kicking massive butts at doing this. And I hope that all of you, before you watch this show, were over there watching the EVENT, because I know that I was. There were some pretty funny fights today. Uh, and I want to make sure everybody's aware, tomorrow is the last day of the tournament. Starts at 1500 EVE. We're going to see right now the finals. The final of the winner's bracket is the first match, I believe, tomorrow. Tuskers versus Templus Calcif. Whoever wins that fight is, is the winner of the winner's bracket. They'll go to the finals. The losers, we're going to see 
Wiccan Warriors versus Warlords of the Deep. Then we're going to see Penis out versus Volta. And whoever wins that goes on. And then there's a then ends up the loser of the of the of the match in the morning. And the winner's bracket ends up fighting the winner of the loser's bracket. And then that person goes to the finals. And we could potentially see a rematch of the Tuskers versus Templars fight. We don't know. But anyway, that's tomorrow on the EVENT channel. I strongly suggest you guys watch it. If you're looking for Alliance tournament type stuff, this is the closest thing we're going to get to it. The only thing I don't like about it is that it's not on TQ, it's on it's on Thunderdome, but the way that they did it makes perfect sense. So my shout out to these guys, they have proven you don't need CCP to hand you out funds, things and prizes and all kinds of stuff to make a good tournament. These guys did what they needed to do. They're putting on a great tournament. It's fun to watch. It's what I want to see. So congrats to those guys. Go watch the show if you don't see it. And uh, I guess everybody is caring about how you look now. Is that what is that what I'm seeing today? Well, we're we're going to talk about my appearance, which is a a, a favorite topic. Of is mine. that a so favorite? Appara- All right, okay. I, apparently, like the the white balance is a bit off, so I'm like extra. Let me see uh, if I can. Antediluvian. I'll tweak that for you while while you're yeah, talking. Yeah, it actually. So I mean, uh, my appearance obviously is fair game because I'm an extremely vain creature, but that does go both ways. Like we had somebody on the meta show like two weeks ago uh, who was like. Oh my God! Like your lips are dry and cracked, and you can really tell that Matani is having a hard time. Is that better, guys? He's really dark now. Or whatever. Is that okay? No, that's, that's too dark. That's too oh, that's that's way too dark. I can't do that's, that. Uh, that's that's dark work. and mysterious. How, 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 um, how, how about that? Can you see him now? Is that too bright? He's too white. We'll, uh, we'll okay. All right. All right. We'll have. Some but fun. basically. If you are coming into this chat and you are going to be all like, oh, the Mitanni, like, da, 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 like, Delva's on fire and you look like shit, I will ban your ass and uh, <laughs> then whatever. Like, we do like to do the fun and games thing, but it gets to the point where you guys are getting weird and creepy if that's where you're going. Incidentally, uh, my bedhead sort of scenario is more of a uh, situation of like, I'm not going to the barber. Uh, because there is a pandemic. So the hair is getting unmanageable. I actually was trying before the show uh, to get this bit of my hair that was kind of hanging down here. I've got to, you started this guys, like incidentally. That's why we're if talking you, about it. If you, if you wanted if you want to, to talk, talk about, war, about my appearance, we're going to talk about my appearance and then you're going to suffer because then you go, oh shit, I don't want to talk about the Matani's appearance because the Matani <laughs> will actually talk about his appearance at great length. So before the show started, I was trying to get this to go down and I've got a bit of a cowlick back here that is like a legitimate problem to get down. And because it's a pandemic, I live in freedom land, which means that actually going outside and going to a barber shop is not something that you can do easily. I am contingent upon the grace of my lovely girlfriend to actually cut my hair periodically. And I don't want to be like, hey, honey, can you cut my hair every week or something like that? So I can make sure that people on the meta show think that I look cool. Uh, that doesn't really work. But yeah, no, it, it is a real thing to like get this in pandemic mode, because as you guys may or may not know, since apparently you track my appearance, as you may or may not know, I like to keep my hair way shorter than this. And that is just not sustainable with the COVID thing. So there you go. There you go. So that's the explanation. All right. We're going to hit up. We're going to go into we're going to do our top story. And obviously, there's a lot of news going on, but the top story this week has to be the major announcement from Test over the weekend that they are evacuating Esoteria. So we're going to hop into our top story. So this was the, t- the, the main story that we heard this week, and I, I'm, I was kind of surprised, to be honest, to hear this, because I, first of all, this is not a wig. It's my hair. Second of all... I am very surprised that in the middle of a war that you decide to announce before the war is even close to being over that you're moving. Oh, Especially yeah. like I, I just I don't get it. 
I really don't get it. And I think it's it's pretty clear. If you guys have not seen, I'm gonna I'm gonna put the link in the chat. Uh, it's a great article uh, that Moomin wrote. Let me pull it up. Uh, Moomin wrote on I, on INN uh, about the move that Test is in the process of doing out of Esoteria, and I have some clips from the uh, from the soda so that you guys can listen to it yourselves. Here is what Billy said when he announced that Test is abandoning their staging home in Esoteria. Let me play the I'll, I'll play a couple of clips. It's the first clip. We're we're kind of in a position to actually announce what we're going to do to a degree, which is that we're telling you now at, in over the course of the next one, two, five, six months, whatever, we will be moving out of Esoteria. Moving out of Esoteria. They're moving out of Esoteria. I don't understand this. And I Mittens, maybe you can explain this to me, but you know, when, when it comes down to it, you have existing space that you've held for a long time. Your yes. people live there. You have infrastructure in place. You have tons of structures. You've got a jump bridge network. You've been defending it. You're in the middle of a war that you argue that you're winning. Why suddenly decide you're going to abandon that to go somewhere else? Even if that somewhere else happens to be the region that you're invading right now. Why would, well, you, why would they make that announcement? I don't understand it. I mean, there, there, there's a couple of things that are fascinating about this. So there is a non-zero possibility from Vili and the Paspi's theory of case is that we will uproot and abandon everything if they just edge closer to us. And we can't really talk about Esoteria without touching on the fact that they put a Keepstar in T5ZI and that went on today. And we all formed up. We formed up because we were afraid they were going to try to ref 1DQ1. They formed up because they thought we were going to feed a whole bunch of dreadnoughts into their Keepstar. And we ended up with sort of this scenario that I think is kind of fascinating. Now, I don't know how this is going to go, but I want people to realize that in the Dominion SOV system, when you, before Citadels, you could have one station in a system. And so you would have SOV in a system, uh, and whoever owned the SOV would end up uh, with access to everything that was in that station and living there and doing their thing. What's really strange about this is that the test strategy, while announcing that they're abandoning Esoteria, which was convenient because the initiative just deployed out there and was starting to- We'll get to that in a second, because he did we talk about that, that in the in Soda. But what, what's kind of curious to me about this is Vili and the Paspi crew have made it very clear that they are not going to be attacking our Keepstars. They attacked 49, a tree fell on that one. But after that, Vili got on like Trash Talk Tuesday or talking stations, I forget which one was, and basically said, we did that to show that we could do it, but we're not going to be hitting keep stars because they know that we want to defend our keep stars. That's where we want to have these fights. And they keep like uh, T5ZI is closer than YZ9, but in practice, I mean, it's right next door to 1DQ1, but they've essentially gone close to us, closer to us and said, okay, we're doing this while also saying they're moving in. So what is going to happen? Are they going to give up Esoteria and have it burn behind them while basically living like an odd couple, very uncomfortable roommate situation of we're all like living in Delve together while Esoteria burns. Um, just because you move in, unless we are like giving up and going home, uh, we're all still here jammed up on top of each other. And you couldn't do that in the Dominion soft system. So I can see why they're doing it, uh, but it's going to be different, right? It, it's not like an obvious kind of thing of like, you know, binary, you've won, you've lost, you're in there. Um, so I can kind of see where they're coming from, but how it's going to play out, I have no idea. Like, 
I, I don't know either. And that's we're going to get two staging systems that's, right next to each other. But that's part I've never of the seen thing. this happen before. This is the thing that I think is is interesting. I'm very interested to see how this plays out. Now I'm going to play some more quotes that Veli had because I think the last quote that I'll play is pretty is pretty impressive, at least to me. But uh, the next quote is is talking a little bit more about this process. So here's Veli again uh, talking about uh, for, on, on the soda about the evac out of Esoteric. That that is not like. Not not a small decision to kill people. Not a basically. small decision. But it is the reality of the situation. That in I actually have the, you know over the, the course of the next so while I, I didn't hear the we need keep, to keep, be ready to do the things that that means, which is to bit by bit <laughs> take our new space and to bit by bit own our new space and to do all the things that are required to live in a region that is not your normal home, basically. All right, so not your normal home. They're going to take little bit by bit, do the things bit by bit. I don't know if that includes killing all the keep stars in that new home, but they haven't done that yet. And I was surprised because honestly, I, the more that I think about it, the idea of uprooting an entire, you know, 20 some thousand character alliance out of the region that they live in and moving them is a big undertaking i know because we just i mean and it's a third of that size and we just did it in fountain you know it's a pain in the ass i hate moving suitcasing all your crap finding the routes doing all that stuff it takes forever and tess is going to have to basically according to what Billy is saying decommission every single thing that they've got in esoteria everything they've got in paragon soul all the stuff they've got in impasse and everywhere else and they got to move them that's crazy and i don't understand why but Billy tells us why. Here is what he tells us. And I got to say, congratulations to Bastion and the initiative, because you guys, and, 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 and obviously to the Stain Russians, because you guys have made Esoteria so hot that they don't feel like they can keep staying there anymore. And that's not Brisk saying it. That's Billy. Take a listen. Esoteria is getting hotter and hotter, and a large portion of the problem of that is because... Uh, we continue to move people out of Esoteria. We've moved people into period basis. We've moved people into Delve. Uh, we've got ADMs going all over the place. We've got our Delve staging. And as a as a reality, I guess you could say, we cannot live in two places at once to the degree that we have traditionally done. And what that means is that over time, He's uh, we are going to need to prepare to move out at of at Esoteria. Uh, that's going to mean structures. That's going to mean assets. That's going to mean the whole shebang. The whole shebang out of Esoteria because it's too hot. It's too he hot. He can't defend Esoteria and he knows it. Okay, so From I, Bastion. I... And in it. And it's been there a week. We announced on the show last week that we were deploying. And now they're already announcing a week later that they're moving out. Just saying, guys, you know, that's huh. that's just it's it's kind of striking to me uh, that they would that they would do that. And it doesn't make a lot of sense. And I know I that mean, all the Herflorfs have been today about this Keepstar that was dropped next to 1DQ. That doesn't matter because it provides no strategic value because you guys have already been in jump range of 1DQ for the last month and a half. So what's the what's the difference? You know, I mean, literally, the only thing I can see is that the test strategy for this war is doing a not touching you. 
I'm not touching you. I'm not touching you. They're basically I'm getting up in our you. face with a flashlight. Like they're getting ever closer and like waving a flashlight in our face and going like, "Ooh, we're we're closer to you now." But the the strategic difference between them being in YZ9 versus in T5, like you could make an argument that they're trying to cover like a, a fountain pathway or something or other, but in practice, the jump distances from YZ9 versus uh, T5 aren't really. Uh, all that much of a difference now what's fascinating here is what i'm hearing so i'm not gonna lie like when wars are down to like the we are in dell we are fighting this is like the rubber has hit the road like this is the real shit and it's going to go one way or another uh i do tend to tune out from listening to hostile propaganda outlets right because i don't want to listen to a bunch of smug villi when i'm trying to fight against a smug villi uh, but what was interesting there is that having been sort of forced to listen to that uh, is I should have listened to it before because he's a lot more tired than I thought. He's exhausted, you can tell. I mean, it makes sense because everybody is like sort of running low on ISK collectively. We know that because of what we saw with Requiem Eternal. But here's the scenario. They know, they know that they have to get rid of our keep stars because until they get rid of our keep stars, they can't keep IHOBs. Now, this is, this is a thing, and I don't know if we had a plan on talking about this later on the show or not, but I'm going to go into this now. Independent of what you think about the direction of the war or how things should be or whatever, one of the consistent things that we collectively, the Imperium and PASPI, have learned this war is, is that IHUB, Fazisov stuff. We've said this before in the Casino War. We've said this through this process. But now the rubber has hit the road, and we can see neither side can hold IHUBs. They have come in, they have blown up a bunch of our iHubs, and then we have turned around and blown up their iHubs. Now, obviously, as the defender, we lose more in that scenario because it's a situation where, you know, if we lose a jump bridge, if we lose a strategic index or something like that, uh, you know, you have to have 35 days to recover from that. But what we have seen, we have a, a, what we call the doom clock, where we basically pull to see which systems we have keep stars in, that the enemy has iHubs, and it's counting down the 35-day ticker. And what we've seen pretty consistently now for the last several weeks is that neither side can maintain iHubs in the scenario. So when we're looking at what Vili is talking about with Esoteria, he's in a situation where uh, essentially they have to full commit to moving into Delve and going for it because there is no way that they can hold Esoteria against the forces that have been putting pressure there quite consistently, like Stainrus, uh, some of our mercenaries in Rebeccadot. Uh, we also had the Bastion out there doing a ton of stuff, and now Initiative has full deployed out in that way. There's no way that they can hold it. But Vili is in a scenario where uh, he wants to do the Cortez. He's basically trying to copy what Darius Johnson did against Band of Brothers and say, we're going to burn our bridges behind us. And we're going to move everything in there. Uh, but he's kind of half-assing it, right? Like gradually get your stuff out of Esoteria. We can't really defend it. We're going to do this and sort of trying to dip into the pool of Delve, but doing it without getting rid of our Keepstars. Now, there's something I saw in chat earlier, and I want to address this for all of the Paspy people who are watching this right now. Uh, we have enough ISK to core our Keepstars. And what we will be doing, because I know that your, your idea is that our Keepstars are magically going to vanish come January 12th or 8th or whatever it is, uh, and that we won't be able to afford doing them. Like when you take a whack at a Keepstar after January 12th, we will simply put a core in it mid-fight, which you can do because we had that on the, I believe it was the fourth Keepstar fight. Uh, you can core a Keepstar mid-fight and, and do fifth. it. Yep. So essentially, Vili wants to shack up and move into Delve, but he doesn't want to attack our Keepstars. How do you get rid of goons living in Keepstars if you're 
if your only move is to put down keep stars and say, we're really close to you now, we're even closer to you than you were before, we're going to put down another keep star. This is the scenario of, uh, it, it reminds me of a China Maivel book called The City in the City, where you ended up with essentially uh, two alliances living on top of each other, in this case, in parallel structures, but sort of inhabiting uh, the same space in a really uncomfortable kind of way uh where and that's they're next door to us exactly they can't live in our keep stars you can't you can't really camp a keep star because keep stars are strong enough that you can like blow up the defender I, I, you can blow up the people that are trying to like mess with it uh so this is uh it, it's an unprecedented situation that's for sure it would be a lot easier for Paspy if i did what they wanted me to do which is to just say okay guys well we're throwing in the towel and we're going but uh, they have refused and repeatedly refused to attack our keep stars. Uh, and that's where we live and that's where our assets are. And one of the things that I think we also have to keep in mind is Eve is a different game than it was three years ago. Okay. So we can talk about iHubs and everything. And, I, and frankly, I think it's funny that we finally saw Dejasov. We finally saw Fazisov. And guess what the answer was? It was just N plus one the whole time. You want to kill an iHub, just bring more people. That's all you got to do. You know, and, and unfortunately, that's not fun. And it's, it's definitely hard, but you know what? Nobody's available 24 hours a day, and there's always going to be a time where we can bring more people than they can. Uh, and not everybody's going to want to form every single fight for every single iHub. And that's why you get the flipping back and forth action. And that's why people take pick their fights. And sometimes we don't contest something when we know it doesn't matter because it's not going to be a big deal. For example, Keepstar today. I, I was laughing at Reddit yesterday, watching these guys acting like, oh my God, this is a turning point of the war. They're putting a Keepstar down next door to that 1DQ. That, that, that passed a month and a half ago. When, when the Keepstar got up in NPC Delve, that, that solved that issue because the only thing you need the Keepstar for is for power projection to jump your supers anywhere you want. As soon as you have that base and they can go back somewhere, they're fine. So whether your supers are in TZ, TZ5 or whether they're in, in LZ or wherever the hell in, in, in MPCW you want to put them, it doesn't matter. You're still within jump range. You can do all the same stuff. So the idea that we would we would whelp and throw a bunch of fleets into that Keepstar never made a lot of sense to me. And I was surprised there were so many people that were pushing that narrative like it was a, like a real thing. And I mean, frankly, you know, in the long run... If, well, we well, learned I that see, lesson. Like, you know, the, the era four of times. us... The era of us, you know, feeding or doing whatever is necessary in order to kill the keep stars come hell or high water, that ended in YZ9 when CCP said that they were going to change the rules on things, right? Like the moment that CCP was like, oh, yeah, now you can put bubbles down or whatever. We're like, okay, well, fuck this noise. Uh, and so when it comes to the T5ZI, like they were in NPC Delve before and now they are right next door to 1DQ1. They were metaphorically next door before. Anyway. Are we going to wait until January where suddenly cores are required and then we find out whether Goonswarm can afford to put a core in? Answer is yes, we can to fight for these Keepstars. Um, but the and Paspy strategy has continually been, we have a new Keepstar. We're closer to you guys. We're, we're closer. I'm not touching you. I'm not touching you. I'm not touching you. We're closer. Um, and then the situation would be much more dire if they had been able to maintain their iHub controls. And one of the things that is interesting is we're starting to see their hackers start to burn out. Now, this is, 
you know, I'm not going to say that things are not ugly. Like we are holed up in homes deep. The bad guys have a keep star right next door. I am not sitting here being a Pollyanna and being like, oh my God, the worst situation is excellent or whatever. A test is losing their home and they have to take delve before initiative, the bastion, Stainrus collectively devour everything that they have left behind in Esoteria, which is a pretty good position for the pan fam side of things to be in. Uh, but regardless of that, there's the big winners guys, by the way. I think FRT is actually the biggest winner in, in the current situation, more so than, uh, than that is Horde and PanPan. But, uh, you know, it, it's definitely a scenario where these guys need to get into Delve and have a new home before they lose it in Esoteria. And their theory of the case hinges upon they're either going to get rid of our Keepstars by getting jammers up and then blowing our, up our Keepstars under a jammer. But what we've seen in this last week, if we were unable to take hubs back from these guys, this would be a very different picture. We would be sitting there going like, wow, like there is no real path to victory, like we are screwed, like we need to come up with something else to do. But what has been happening is uh, we are able to take hubs back from them and because they've been putting this mosaic of hubs down, right? It's like sometimes it's a recreant maternal hub, sometimes it's a test hub, sometimes it's a density dot hub. Each time they do that, those defending alliances have to be the guys that are doing the hacking. And so now that they are having to do some hacking defense, uh, we have been uh in some cases we just are taking these things back because they run out of hackers their hackers give up and then we get the hubs back uh so it is the scenario where there is play like if we were in a scenario where i'm up here and there's a camera in my face and i'm like we're losing i hubs we are not getting them back keep stars are going down that would be very dark um is it ugly yeah it's absolutely ugly but they can't seem to hold iHubs any better than we can, which means that their strategy of put a jammer up and then blow up our keep stars doesn't work. Then it becomes a question of, can we defend our keep stars? Well, that's a straight up ISK check. And if you plug in a core when you are defending a keep star, doing it sort of as a ad hoc basis for the ones that they finally get the balls together to hit, uh, you know, we are prepared for that. And that's the thing. Like, I mean, the, the big news last week was the loss of the KTAC 6 iHub. Test had put an iHub down. They were trying to online it. They need 35 days to have that iHub down before they can put a Sinojammer in the system. They, what they have been doing, their strategy has been grab an iHub, sit on it for a month and a half, put a Sinojammer up, and that's when they assault the Keepstar. That's what they did in 49 TAC and Quirius. That's what they were planning on doing on KTAC 6 until, oops, that iHub dies, and now they got to start over from scratch. Yes. So unless they want to fight, uh, the only the, the, these guys have done a very good job. I, I will say this: test is very narrowly focused. They have one strategy that they want to employ. They have one th way that they want to run this thing. They want numbers and they want a sino jammer. And if they can't get that, then they won't fight. And that's fair. That's completely fair. I'm not giving. I'm not going to make fun of them or tease them about it or anything like that. And the mittens. And I, I will say the only thing I'll contradict mittens on was I don't think CCP changed the rules about the bubbles. I just think we didn't know what the rules were. And everybody had been operating under an assumption, but apparently somebody asked and got an answer and nobody oh, yeah. else no, was told of that. That, that so, counts as changing the rules and not telling somebody whether it's, I, I don't think that CCP, and I want to make it very clear, I don't think that when it comes to the YZ9 bubbles situation that CCP like intentionally changed the rules. I think this is more of a situation of negligence and incompetence rather than one of malice. But if the fleet commanders from one side contact a CCP official and say, hey, is this okay? When previously speaking, it has not been okay. And the CCP people's response is, yeah, it's okay. And then doesn't tell anybody on the other side, that is some shit that a lot of my fleet commanders are extraordinarily pissed off about still. And I think with good reason. 
Uh, so yeah, I don't think that CCP changed the rules in some sort of a conspiracy. I think that uh, it was probably an offhanded comment from a developer, uh, but it was only communicated to one side, which is bullshit, but it is what it is. Right. The other thing I want to point out is why do people own space in LSEC anymore? What is the goal of owning space? In the past, and one of the reasons why I said this game is a lot different than it was three years ago, not just because the saw systems changed and we have citadels and things like that, but we had this farms and fields mentality about how we were gonna run alliances and why people would get space and why you held space. And part of the reason of holding space and, and building it up and everything and building the ADMs up and building all of the other stuff up was so that you could provide areas for production, for crabbing, for mining, for, for, for ratting, making ISK, that the more territory that you held, the better infrastructure you had in place, the more productive you could be. That's all been thrown out the window. NullSec has been nerfed, and frankly, the, ner the, the nerfs that we have seen over the last three years have been designed entirely around Goonswarm. Nerfing what Goonswarm was able to do in Delve, the, the economic miracle of leaving Declan a shadow of what they had been going to delve and within a year turning into the biggest economic powerhouse the game has ever seen. The result has been a steady diet of nerfs to everything based on what Goonswarm did. And it's gotten to the point now with the dynamic bounty system, with the ESS in every system, with a massive change into mining, with the reduction in the size of, 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 uh, of anomalies, the reduction in the size of ore within the anomalies, the mineral redistribution, the moon mining changes, everything has been designed around nerfing goons to the point that Delve is not as good a spot as it was because we made it that way. So what's the result? If Test wants to move to Delve and live next door to us and they want to hang out with us and leave our keep stars up, wh why is that a bad thing? Where is the wealth generation in EVE happening right now? It's happening in high sec and it's happening in low sec. And I will show you that. We'll show you that in the MER later. Where well, is the ratting being done? Not in Delve. It's happening in, in spaces that are free. It's all happening up in Owasa. Isogen and low sec. Or some well, and, that's, and low sec has got gate lock minerals. Tritanium is only available in high sec. Isogen is only available in low sec. They have, they have nerfed it to the point that if you live in null sec, if you are a member of goons, more likely than not, you have ratting alts and mining alts in high sec or low sec, making money because you can't make as much in null sec as you used to, regardless of whether, even if they had, even if we were not being actively invaded, they have made high sec the cash cow in the game. It's the safest place to be. You take your alts, you stick them in a corp with no structures, you make isk like it's going out of style because that's the only place you can do it anymore. So, what is the point of test, uh, test moving into Delve now? They could, they could literally live, we could literally live next door to them forever. And it wouldn't make an ounce of difference to the way the game is played. Because that's what has gotten nerfed so bad because of what we did before. I just, I think it's funny. Well, I, just I, I want to, I want to, I want to back it up a little bit because one of the things that I know that our dear friends in Paspi are turning up to see is that there has been this goons must go to Saranen, goons will go to Saranen at any moment. Goons are gonna throw in the towel or whatever kind of nonsense, especially because they moved to a Keepstar that's even closer to us than the one that was already close to us, and this makes a big difference. Uh, that has not changed the fundamental scenario. 
Uh, I think that there is an argument for attempting to figure out what CCP is doing with the game. Like right now, CCP, even through this war, and I defended it on the meta show uh, a couple months ago when they were doing massive, like when the, the ore nerf, uh, the main scarcity patch came in, I said, well, okay, CCP can't hold up development on the way that the game is going based upon what's happening in space, right? Like the space war shouldn't be, you know, keeping CCP from developing their game the way that they want. One of the challenges that I think that we have from any kind of a like, okay, well, can we defend our keep stars? Is the bad guy blowing up our keep stars? Uh, yes, we can defend them. No, the bad guy isn't blowing them up. Yes, we have enough is to core them and defend them. Okay, so we can stay put here and keep doing this and keep grinding. The question becomes though, uh, to all of this talking about low sec and high sec and what's good and what's bad, is that until there is some sort of like regulatory clarity from CCP as to when the big changes are over with and when we sort of know what's what on the chessboard, like it's easy to say like, well, you know, Delve socks or Esoteria socks or whatever. Uh, what I've been seeing is we don't really have a good idea of what's up and what's down because we don't necessarily know which regions are good, which ones are bad, or where the dust is going to settle. Because one of so, for example, one of the core parts of raising our ADMs was using Rorqual's at scale to rapidly yank up the ADMs, and then suddenly CCP patched out all the war. So it's not just that the Imperium can't do that anymore; nobody can really do Rorqual ADM raising. And I think that one of the the reasons why it makes sense to uh, continue from Helm's Deep to say, okay, great, you guys have put down keep stars. You're not attacking our keep stars. We have enough money to core the ones that you are going to attack, and you can't maintain a jammer, uh, an iHub long enough to actually get a jammer up and hold it. Uh, is that we just don't know what the fuck is going to happen as far as CCP and Calvin Ball. And, you know, so Vili, if he's judging between Esoteria and Delve, well, he's going to lose Esoteria no matter what. Right. So he kind of has to commit to further putting stuff in Delve and essentially hoping that Goonstorm will just go away magically. Um, but there is very much uh, an issue here of like, what is the game going to look like in six months? Right. In terms of the, the core gameplay, what is all of this ecosystem shit? How is that finally going to play out? Is CCP going to even tell us like, hey guys, we're good with this. This is what you can predict going forward. Uh, and, and that is for me like a big probability void in my head. Like when I'm trying to do planning and stuff of where we go, what we do, how we fight, how we win, what are our traps, what are our schemes, where are we drawing lines, all of this, uh, it does kind of get question mark, question mark, question mark, because what the fuck are they going to do? Are they done yet? Are they not done yet? I mean, you're actually on the CSM and doing things. So, you know, you have- I mean, that's the thing. Away. Like, I I know that this is something we talk about all the time. We had a meeting, we had our standard meeting on Friday, we went with the, with the ecosystem team. We talked to them about all these issues. I mean, the reality is that we are in the middle of major economic changes in the game that are designed to be a benefit to the long-term health of the game, but they're having immediate short-term impacts on the way that it's played, in particular impacts that are that are being becoming part of this war meta. So I, that's a good segue, I think, to go into our next segment because we went really long on war talk. Yeah, the MER shit is really the MER really stuff wild. is pretty important, and I need you guys to see this because there's some stuff coming that you got to be prepared for. So we're gonna we're gonna Let's pierce the it. corporate or actually we're gonna go to the Nullsec Power Hour to talk about the MER. All right, the April, the October 2020 MER is up. 
Uh, I will I will show you here real quick. You can pull it up on I'll pull it up on the screen here if I can find what I did with the browser. There it is. There it is. You can see you scroll down here. You're looking at the at the economic report. I'm going to throw up a couple of different uh, screens on here that I think are important. Uh, if obviously you look at mining value, the top 14 places in the game for mining, except for, with with Owasa as the one uh, outside, are all in high sec. But let me let me show you what I really want to show you because I think this is this is pretty important, and I think that this is something that you all need to be prepared for. Okay, inflation is coming. Everything you want to buy is going to be more expensive soon. And let me show you why. This is the economic indices for the entire game going back to 2003. If you're looking at your screen, if you, if you lean in real close, you can see the red line there is the primary producer price index. That is how much it costs to make stuff. Okay. And orange there is the mineral price index. That is... That is the mineral price index is how much it costs to, to, to how much how much the values of minerals minerals are worth, the market basket of minerals that they pick. The consumer price index, which is generally the cost of how much your money is worth, it goes up and down. You can see it's in that that, that light uh, teal line there uh, that's 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 going on. If you look at 2012, you look at Inferno 1.0, you will see the yellow line of the mineral price index shooting up, massively shooting up. I mean, it's it's a massive shoot up. It it it's like a cliff. And now look at October 2020. It's even higher, way more higher, twice as high as it was in 2012. Okay. Now the producer price index, the red. If you notice, back in 2012, it's a lagging indicator. It's a lagging indicator, which means that the the mineral prices go up. And then the producer prices go up. And once that happens, boom, everything else costs more. So what I think you're going to start seeing, and it's more obvious here on this map. This is the last three years of the indices. The producer price index has not peaked yet, but the mineral price index is off the chart. And so what that tells me is that mineral changes, the mineral redistribution changes have made it so that all the minerals that you've got are worth more. And that means that to build stuff, the folks that are buying minerals to build stuff because their, their stocks are being depleted, everything's going to go up. And this is really going to hit the T1 minerals the most, which means that T1 ships are going to be a lot more expensive. So the days of us making fun of Horde for a 65 million S Corm, that might be the new price. So they'll be paying 120, I guess. But anyway... It's it's this is this is pretty significant, and what I what it tells me is that in the short term, which I would say in the next couple of months, we're going to see a big spike in inflation. So, what does inflation mean to you? It means that the ISK that you have now is worth less because it can't buy as much as it could before, because everything is getting more expensive, and at the same time that everything is getting more expensive, the ability for you to make and generate wealth non-mining wealth, ratting wealth, is being reduced. And portions of it are being taken from you when somebody comes and steals your ESS. So you've got a perfect storm now of reduced income coupled with increased costs. Now, yes, the folks that are sitting on these piles of minerals, they're doing well for right now. But once those minerals are gone, I don't know what's going to happen. But I mean, I think in the short term, it seems obvious to me that we're going to see some inflation, and that's going to have an impact on this war. Because when everything gets more expensive to make, 
That means SRP has to get kicked up. That means there's more of it being lost and people are going to have questions where they're going to take a fleet out. I mean, it, it is, to, to Mustache's point in the chat, and he's absolutely right, this is this is almost textbook stagflation, which is not good. We don't want to like be 1970s here. It's 1970s bad. I mean, it's like, like we're, Mittens and I are going to be sitting on the show with our, our, our win buttons, our whip inflation now buttons from the old, <laughs> the old days back during the Nixon administration. You know, you don't want to be in that position. So some other things that I'll po- I, I wanted to point out briefly. I mean, if you look at the MER, you can see the, the Keepstar destruction. Dell had like 10 trillion-esque in destroyed. Uh, that was way off the charts of anywhere else in the game. That was pretty significant. As I noted before, the top 14 mining regions excluding Owasa, are all in HiSec. HiSec is where you mine now. They're all in HiSec. Bounties are about the same. Owasa is still leading the pack. I'm going to be interested to see what happens to the ratting income in Owasa next month when we get the first month of the dynamic bounty system being on most of the time. I think it'll be interesting to see if that has an impact, if it reduces that, if or if they start spreading around and we start seeing, you know, regions around Owasa, you know, whether it's Branch, Cobalt Edge, or those other areas, any other drone drone lands mm. territory, whether that starts picking up. I don't know. It's just pretty crazy. Uh, I think. I am. Yeah, I mean, it's just this is it's just weird. This this is this is we're in weird economic territory. And I can't really predict, other than saying inflation is coming. Uh, I don't know where I don't know where this is going to end up. I, I I've been sort of scheming here because I've been thinking through some of the things uh, that we we're talking about earlier, real time. Because you guys know me, like when we start talking about heavy economy stuff, I, I think obviously the fact that mining in Eve is becoming a high sec activity is dumb and bad and wrong. I still think that mining isogen and low sec is an extremely uh, courageous decision by CCP, um, but I've mainly been thinking about uh, 1DQ1 and the likelihood that maybe if the bad guys are getting confident, they might actually hit 1DQ1, which would be amazing. Uh, I just want to let everybody know, again, just jumping back to the war stuff, uh, the, what is the cost of coring a Keepstar? It's like 30 billion, 40 billion-esque. I forget whether it's 30 or 40, but something like that. But there's five Keepstars in 1DQ1. And I just want to assure everyone who's involved in this that thinks that they can get away from this war without having Keepstar battles against the Imperium, that we have more than enough ISK to core every single Keepstar in 1DQ1 and fight on them. So bring it already. Uh, that is that is essentially uh, thinking about how uh, that sort of tired tone of voice that Billy had, and he has to give up Esoteria because of what Initiative is doing, and how much we saw how little Requiem Eternal had. Anyway, yeah, okay, this is. Uh, I mean, just let me just highlight. Interesting. I, I, I wanna, they're I they're make tired. It, they're tired. I, and exactly. They're that's the thing. Like, and it's only getting worse. They don't want it. It's only getting worse. They want the win, but they don't want to have to do the work. And and that's and that's what okay. I will say this. I think things okay. like today, I think that most of you guys that came here to watch the show, we have almost 1,500 people watching the show right now. Most of you guys came here to see what Mittens and I were going to say about this. Twins are going to Serena. Oh, my God. Z it's it's the end of the world because they dropped another fucking deep star. Yeah. And, and the reality is nobody's talking about it. Nobody cares. It's it's this this is this was literally a morale boosting move for you guys on the Paspy side because you had to you, first you get the news that you're leaving your your home system and you're going to move to Delft so you got to clear all your stuff out which sucks 
well, even if you're winning the war, it is still gonna sucks. Burn, but you, but you have to move. go move to a place that's full of angry Imperium members. But second, there hasn't been anything happening. I mean, I've seen a handful of IHUBs, flights. IHUBs have been trading and they've been having scraps. I mean, the, the, like... The days of when we were having multiple, massive, huge battles every other day, like a month and a half ago, during the keeps... That, I think, I think looking back when this war is over, that's going to be the highlight for everybody. That's going to be what they remember. Everything after that is going to be anticlimactic because it just turned into like this little guerrilla war where we went back and forth and fought with each other like we were doing, you know, for the last three years. But those were like, that was the big fights. That's the stuff that people are going to remember. But, but to act like today, like I, I, I had to laugh. I literally, okay. I, I, I have a, I have an announcement not, from Gobbins, which is really interesting. Like this is going to go around. But part of the reason why I'm like looking and scheming and stuff as this is happening is our new staging allows us to completely cut off goons from Fountain. So that's, that's the big deal. Init has full deployed to Esoteria, and Gobbins is saying the reason why T5ZI is a big deal is because compared to YZ9, it allows them to cut us off from, from Fountain. I'm not sure what the point of that is. I don't know. I did not see that coming as a rationale. I mean, I, I think that they have to come up with something because the idea is they put T5ZI and then we throw in the towel and we run into Saranen or whatever. That has been their theory of case the entire time. But they put T5ZI down, we don't feed into it, we don't run away, then they're still stuck with you have to attack 1DQ, uh, shit or get off the pot while everybody is going bankrupt. So I guess cut them off from Fountain there's not much. I mean, is there is there much war in in Fountain right no, now? Like, no, did I no. did I miss did I miss a memo here? The only thing that I have heard about Fountain that makes me think there's anything going on there was the Great was, Siege of One DQ One. Though, I mean, maybe Gobbins is is gonna gonna go for that. Maybe that's maybe the thing. Maybe, maybe they'll, maybe maybe they'll, they'll actually take swings at One we'll DQ One finally. Fuck. The only thing that I heard was that potentially was that Fraternity was going to come down to Fountain. I don't know why they would. You got the best space in the game. You literally are sitting in the best space in the game. Why would you deploy to a dead area of the war? You want to come fight? The fight's in Delve. It's not in Fountain anymore. You guys missed that by two months, three months, fuck, four months. It's been a while. This is you know? this is this is weird. What I mean, the point of that is but. getting intel in the middle of the meta show can be a bit strange, guys. And I ask you to bear with us. But uh, just so here are some highlights here from the Goblins thing. I'm not going to read it all, but basically. Uh, we're stage one jump from the gate, uh, one jump from the great goon capital itself. We're going to burn the, the forbidden city. Goons can mount a strong defense and, you know, da, 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 complaining about the faction forts. Um, apparently his big issue is like the faction forts one way or another, because of like the treaty deal in the Northwest, which he had nothing to, to do with, I guess, but whatever, that's apparently his issue. But, uh, the excuse for TVIVZI is the second rinsing of Fountain, and their new staging allows us to completely cut off goons from Fountain. While Init has left Fountain and is invading Esoteria. I don't even get it. I don't, it's like, I did, mean, did I, we I put any keep stars back up in in, uh, in Fountain? No, I don't think so. No, I mean, uh, we, all we, of can, us, we now Init has Fountain is our is one of our places. You know, it's one of our ancestral homes. I mean, Frank will tell you that if he's in a good mood or not. But the reality is. All of our stuff, all my stuff in Fountain is sitting in an NPC station. Go ahead. What are you going to do? Bubble me in? Okay. I got 15 other jump clones. You know, I mean, it doesn't if matter. If Horde pulls I don't know off what the to go to like fountain cleanse is. Fountain, then it leaves Test holding the ball in hay. 
That's uh I don't know. Listen, I'll tell option. you a lot of the stuff that has been happening in the last week does not make a lot of sense to me. And I don't I don't think that I am the dumbest guy in the look, I am not I'm not some fifth dimensional chess player here or anything, and I don't want to act like I know everything there is to know about strategy and EVE Online. But some, I mean, between 15 different alliances holding iHubs in Delve, which doesn't make any sense from a defensive standpoint, that's just, that seems, that's more morale stuff. Dropping this Keepstar next door, which gives you nothing except a big target. Okay, great. It's not, we're, we're not going to fight you on the Keepstar. We don't, we want you to fight you on ours. We've been saying that for months. I don't, I don't get it. I, and then you know, leaving yeah. Esoteria and pulling all your stuff out and making everybody move their stuff. I mean, I feel bad. Maybe we should chant. Now, you know what? I'll, I'll, let Frank t I'll let Frank go into that. But the point is, it doesn't make sense to me, a lot of the stuff that's happening right now. Because I just, I feel like a lot of these moves, they smell like some people are getting burnt out. And they need these morale boost victories. And we make jokes about morale boost. Every every time we ping, your your morale has been improved. Your it's morale a joke. has now been increased. You know, it's it's a joke. I don't know if it's a joke for the other guys. I wonder if they really are in this for, for the long haul. Because when it's just get, turning into grindy type stuff, and you don't get these big, big fights, the people aren't ha I mean, after a while, I don't know. People are still going to keep logging in if it's the same shit over and over and over again. I mean, maybe right. if you like killing structures... Hey, more power to you. But I just don't, I don't know. If the, none of the stuff that I've been seeing from the other side makes a lot of sense to me. If their goal, Maybe I I'll mean, if the Panfam side is to actually, if their goal is to like legit, now that they're here, they're going to siege one to Huon, that's fantastic news for us. Because I know that the test strategy is to try to avoid that as much as possible. Because like goons have been waiting for somebody to take a swing in 1DQ1, right? Like for us, this is like the fucking dream. Like, please bring it into 1DQ1. Let's have these fights. We love the Keepstar fights. We had so much fun with that shit in Fountain. Uh, and in Fountain, we didn't get to use our big boy toys because of geography. But here, like, you know, if uh, if it, if the test strategy is, you know, oh, we're going to just try to, to hope that goons go away, and the Panfam side is let's force the fight in 1DQ1. Uh, that's fantastic. I, I would really rather have a big ass fight in 1DQ1 than like, you know, twiddle, twiddle, twiddle. So that is that is really interesting. Huh. All right. You, you guys want a huh. real war update now? We've talked a All little right. bit about that. You want to, is it time for a real war update? All right. Here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, I am here. It is Fountain Frank. It is the Meta Show. I have some crazy news. I, I want to say the news this week has been crazy. And I know we have said over and over again to all of you guys that test is next. I had no idea that that meant test is next door. I didn't know it. But they are. They're moving in next door. And guys... I, I don't I don't I don't understand I don't understand what's happening. I'm I feel bad now. I feel bad because it sounds to me like, like, 
test, I know, I know times are hard, man. I know it's tough. And I guess, you know, paying rent in ESO is hard. And then you got that, you got that flop pad in Delve and you can't afford it anymore. So you got to consolidate, but I don't want you guys to be homeless. I mean, you're the SNEC coalition. You're not the hobo coalition. We don't need you guys like bouncing around, living on people's couches and stuff. You got to pick a place. If you want to move to Delve and live next door to us, welcome to the neighborhood. We're not going to complain because we know what it's like to not have a home. We know what it's like when you don't know where the next place you're going to land your super is going to be. We know what it's like. And we know it sucks. So you know what, guys? Come on in. We'll leave the light on for you. T5s, guys, set up a Keepstar in there. You can decorate if you want. You don't even, we won't even ask for a security deposit because we know that you'll clean up after yourselves and vacuum the floors before you leave. So it's okay. But I would just like to say, on behalf of those of us in the Imperium, welcome to the neighborhood. I'm looking forward to living next door to you guys. I'm sure you're looking forward to living next door to me. I don't want you to be homeless any more than you do. And I'm sorry that your house is burning down and you got to come over here. But, you know, it is what it is. And for those of you who want to know where Curious George is, he's in jail still for cutting down that tree and knocking Asher's power out. He's not coming out of jail until he gives me a good reason to let him. And that's that. So for you, all of you in test, welcome to Delve. We hope you enjoy your stay. Please make sure that you flush the toilet after you use it. Put the seat down. And if you kill the Joe, you make some mo. Got it? I'll see you guys next week. Excellent. Thank you, Frank. Wow. I've got to get back into the fucking office again. Uh, and Gobbins is saying, oh, you know, our goal is to damage goons economically and they're on Helms Deep and we're totally going to blow up 1DQ1. But then after that, whatever. This is interesting. There's a strategic divergence here. Anyway, I shouldn't be saying that on live TV while there's a camera in front of my face. Even Why as not? fascinating as it is to like it's dive okay. into like real time scheming mode. But uh, this is uh, some scorpion and the frog shit here. So yeah, okay, that's cool. Uh, well, I think that's going to be it for this week because I now need to go give a fireside chat, but also to read the tea leaves from this fascinating little gift that Gobbins just gave us, uh, which is extra fun for uh, for Villy moving into Delve in a scenario where they're afraid to actually take a whack at our keep stars. So yeah. So anyway, right, well, I, I just think, think just, that's gonna be it. just to wrap this up, I just like I just like to say that oh we're we're muted apparently. There's no, we're, that that was that was. I always hit hit, hit both buttons, and I should only hit the one when I'm <laughs> when Frank is. I guess is they, leaving, they didn't so get to hear me scheming about the goblins. They thing. did. Anyway. They heard most oh, of it. They did. Okay. They didn't. They only hear. They only missed the first couple sentences. Okay. Hmm. Again, and I think it's funny. The the one thing, the two things that. Test has proven that they are the best at doing in this war. The first is move ops, and the second is moving the goalposts. And if they think that 
moving into Delve is somehow their way of proving that they won the war when the war was always a war of annihilation from the beginning. Their goal was to make us not useful anymore, take us out of the game, make us quit, make us not play, make the Imperium split up. If they're going to change the goalposts and all they care about is clearing out Delve and living there, that's not what this war was about. Like I said, from the beginning, and I've been consistent, and so has Mittens, we win this war by surviving. And so far, we're still here. You have to get rid of our Q stars to get rid of us at a fundamental level. This is this is really interesting because essentially what they're saying here is that uh, Gobbins has written himself sort of like an exit from the war here, contingent upon, now to be fair to, to Horde, what I'm reading here is contingent upon burning down 1DQ1. And if you can pull it off, God bless. Uh, his Cassius Bella, like the, uh, the bloody shirt that you wave, he's specifying is these 40 faction forts, which have a special meaning. And then what happened, there's the stuff about Fountain that is just excuse making. Like nobody actually gives a shit about Fountain. That's an excuse. The 40 for, faction like, forts that matter to the leftovers of Guardians of the Galaxy who are all in it now. Yeah, that was there, I mean, theirs? it's an excuse, but the important okay. thing is that there's a lot of it. There's layered excuses here. There's the 1DQ1 thing, and that's great. Like, if they want to, if they siege 1DQ1 and we lose 1DQ1 by having big, amazing battles on our five keep stars in 1DQ1, we are so here for that. We are down for that. Let's go. But what's interesting about the rest of this is talking about what happens after or blah, 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 uh, this fountain stuff, this Helm's Deep stuff in the, the Gobbins announcement uh, is basically like, oh, well, we'll ask our FCs and line members if we want to do this or what and like whatever. So essentially, Test is moving into Delve while Horde is announcing their path out of Delve at a time indeterminate. If Test hasn't finished moving into Delve by the time that Horde decides that like, I mean, what? If we hold out and we can keep coring our keep stars as we have been doing, and we are able to keep grinding IHUBs as we've been able to do, then is Test going to be expecting PanFam to sit around for the next six months waiting for us to give up and leave and guard Test's new house while Esoteria burns? It's we'll not often, out. it's not often, guys, that you get a, a, a block leader level announcement published live during the meta show that is kind of a kind of a, a game changer here that's going to be interesting so hopefully we'll be fighting horde in 1dq1 soon we'll uh, we we'll, uh we'll see how this goes this is uh this is more like what i want to see all right yeah, everybody we it. had a, we had some other eve news and stuff to get to but obviously we are out of time we are way over uh this has been the meta show for november the 21st 2020 if you're in the united states happy thanksgiving we will see you next saturday all stuffed with turkey and ready for some football. Uh, and I hope that you all are having a good time. I hope you enjoyed the show today. I'm Briss Rubal. I'm joined alongside the Matani. This has been the Meta Show. Pine Cones, Delenda Est. And you stay classy, New Eden.